Hello and welcome to this episode of HBCU. I'm your host, D. Brown CEO. Joining me on this episode is Kristen Hicks. Kristen is a graduate of Johnson C. Smith University. Kristen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, D. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, the pleasure is all mine, Kristen. So you have a very interesting journey to your HBCU. And so I want to start the program off by just helping our, uh, my viewers understand how did you make the selection to attend Johnson C. Smith University? Great question. Um, so as I shared, Johnson C. Smith is in Charlotte, North Carolina, beautiful city. Um, and I had the privilege of going on a college tour um, to several colleges and universities in the North Carolina area. And um, a mutual friend, family friend, um, took me to Johnson C. Smith. She actually had graduated there herself. Her mother was a teacher there. Um, and I instantly fell in love with the campus. I fell in love with the people there, um, the experiences that I was witnessing. Um, it just all felt very comfortable and like the most perfect fit for me. But now, Kristen, you weren't always considering going to college, right? So you, you had to have an intervention to uh, really make that pivotal decision that you wanted to further your education. So talk to me about that. Okay, yeah. So I... Behind the scenes, Dr. Maya Angelou um, kind of interceded on my behalf. Um, I was contemplating college, kind of leaning towards not going to college. Um, and when she learned of that through our mutual friend, she was very insistent um, that I, you know, take the opportunity, um, arrange for me to meet presidents of different universities there in North Carolina. And when I got to Johnson C. Smith and I met Dr. Dorothy Kowser Yancey, that was it. I didn't need to go to any other universities. I knew that that was home. Now, talk to me about the first day that you stepped foot on Johnson C. Smith University. Do you recall that day? Absolutely. It's it's crystal clear. Um, it was actually their graduation weekend. So a lot of alumni um, come in for graduation weekend and went into the admissions office, met a guy named Mr. Jeffrey Smith, um, who's passed on. But he was my first friend. Um, at Johnson C. Smith. He too was a graduate there. Um, I met my best friend in that admissions office on that day. Um, and we decided that we were going to be roommates and we've been best friends um, ever since, ever since. So uh, what are some of the th characteristics about Johnson C. Smith University that set it apart from other HBCUs? It's definitely a, a family environment. Um, you are not one in a million. You are unique. Um, everybody knows who you are on campus. And so you don't really get lost there. Um, anything from the Greek life to the IIOS, which is our, um, our big band there, um, Battle of the Bands, you, you've probably seen them there. Um, all the teachers were just, they kind of felt like aunties and and, you know, big cousins and things like that. And so the family environment um, was really kind of the biggest, you know, feature for me through all four years uh, being on campus. So you mentioned your t uh, teachers and, and things of that nature. So talk to me about uh, some of the uh, faculty and staff that may have had an influence on your um, journey to your degree. Sure, so I studied in the School of Communications. Um, and I mean, just off the top of my head, Nasinga Burton, uh, Cynthia Cole, uh, Cassandra Wynn, all of those uh, beautiful women were very, very instrumental um, in me kind of discovering 
what I wanted to do um, in the field of communications. When I started, I thought that I wanted to be a newspaper writer. Um, and by the time I was done, I knew I wanted to be a producer. Um, so Max Staten, um, you know, taking film classes and things like that. I mean, every single faculty person that I encountered really embraced me and and encouraged me to pursue whatever dreams that I had. So what are some of the signature um, events uh, at Johnson C. Smith that are uh, memorable to you? I mean, like any other HBCU, homecoming is always probably number one on the list, right? Um, but we also have what we call Bull Fest. Um, the Golden Bull is our mascot. And so we have Bull Fest. That's usually in the springtime. Um, and the fall, of course, is homecoming. We do Battle of the Bands. And of course, CIAA. I mean, Johnson C. Smith is CIAA. And so those are all really, really big opportunities, um, you know, to, for people to learn about Johnson C. Smith and to really experience that family-like culture that I shared. So I know that you are a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. <laughs> and you know uh, so talk to me about Greek life at Johnson C. Smith, as well as uh, what Delta mean to you. Oh, my gosh. Um, Delta has really been an amazing sisterhood. I could not imagine um, being a part of any other organization. Um, the Gamma Lambda chapter is there at the campus of Johnson C. Smith University. I had the pleasure of being on the line called the 83 Tragedies. Won't tell you why. Um, and so I was number 57. I'm sorry, number 68. My best friend was 57. I'm 68 um, incognito. And the whole Greek life um, on that campus, I mean, we had all of the organizations represented, um, you know, during the time that I was there, very engaged in the community, very um, stellar um, in their academics, um, we were able to look up to one another um, for that encouragement and support that we needed through school. And I could not trade that in for the biggest amount of money in the world. That experience alone really made, um, you know, Johnson C. Smith home. So how did you decide on what career path you wanted to pursue there? So as a child, um, growing up in the church, I actually was able to kind of get my feet wet in writing for the church newspaper, uh, working in the AV ministry at the time, you know, duplicating CDs and tapes and things like that. And so by the time I got to college, it was very clear to me that I wanted to be in that vein of communications. I hadn't really specified um, producing until I got to graduate school. Um, up until that point, I kind of focused on public relations and writing and that type of thing. But when I got to graduate school, um, I went to Cal State Fullerton and being able, you know, so close to Hollywood to go there and to see how production happens and what's happening in a studio. <clears throat> excuse me. All of that was just super, super attractive to me. I was blessed to get to um, meet people like Sarah Finney Johnson and Yunetta Boone and um, Meg Deloach. And so all of them Again, many of them were HBC graduates, able to encourage me to pursue my dreams in entertainment. And that's exactly what I did. So now uh, on your career journey, uh, you've had an opportunity to work with uh, a lot of famous individuals such as Michael Jordan. So talk to me about the times that you spent working for Michael Jordan and what that experience was like. Yeah, so I actually got to be Michael Jordan's uh, intern when he was in D.C. 
um, with the Washington Wizards. And I mean, that was an amazing experience. It was him, Wes Unseld and Rod Strickland, all in the same office. Um, and, you know, as interns do, you kind of do all the grunt work. Um, do all the things that they may need for you to do. But it was really great to experience the um, the NBA draft because it was over the summertime to experience, you know, kind of all of the ins and outs of how that works um, in sports and entertainment. But those guys were great. Those guys were absolutely great. And they're human. You know, a lot of people look at a Michael Jordan and they're like, oh, my gosh, but human, human, yeah. recognize that. So I know now that you are the CEO of your own company, but before we get there, kind of take me on your career journey uh, after college. And I know you went and went on and, and did your graduate studies in California, but what was your career journey to get to where you are now? Sure. So while I was in graduate school, I started interning. I interned for MGM, uh, a company named Lionshare. And then I actually found myself in the NBC page program, which is a really, um, well-recognized program within the entertainment company. Um, and so I was able, they basically um, let you kind of dibble and dabble in the different areas within NBC, whether it's marketing, branding, um, producing, anything that you kind of have an interest in, they are willing to nurture that. And so for about a year, you kind of get to get a taste of um, the entertainment industry. And one of the assignments that I had was to work in their licensing department. And so fast forward to present day, I'm dealing with music licensing on a daily basis, um, really because I had that exposure there. Um, after NBC, I ended up working for Discovery Communications, in particular, the TLC um, network. And that's really where the music licensing um, and clearance um, jobs kind of kicked in. I was able to learn a lot more about the music business, um, to be able to appreciate how it is used in television and film. Um, I left Discovery and in 2014, I decided to start my own company. I wanted to continue to find a happy medium between video production and music licensing. And so that's the name Rhythm and Views Productions. Most of the things that we are working on are definitely a happy medium between the two um, entities. Now, I know that you handled the music uh, clearances for the Stellar Awards. So Talk to me about that and then just ex expand a little bit on what it, it entails to clear musical works. Yeah. So first of all, shout out to Central City Productions. Um, those are the folks that are behind the Stellar Awards, Black Music Honors. We uh, This year we started Black History Honors. Um, and all of those are shows where we are kind of paying homage to some of the musicians in our culture that maybe otherwise would not receive the recognition um, of a Grammy or, you know, the higher end Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, those type of recognitions. Um, so that's been amazing, just getting to, to work with a lot of um, gospel artists, um, gospel writers um, that are writing these songs for the artists, just giving me a, a brand new appreciation um, for that genre. And for those that don't know, uh, what is music licensing? What is music clearance? Any film, any TV show, any commercial that you're watching, there's some music in the background. There's somebody like me that is helping to bridge the gap between the record labels and the writers and the production company that is wanting to use that. Um, and so it's it's been very, very rewarding, very, very um, exciting, 
You know, it doesn't, it may not sound like it's exciting, but it is. There's a lot of gratification in kind of doing all that back work and then finally tuning in and seeing it. And you're like, oh my gosh, that was an amazing show. Yeah. So yeah, so I love, you know, like I said, finding that happy medium between the visual and the audio or the musical side of things. So how do you feel that your studies at Johnson C. Smith prepared you for the career that you're in today? Absolutely. So all of those professors I mentioned earlier um, definitely helped me to develop my writing skills, which I think is super important when you're working in um, production and entertainment, how to write for different people, how to um, capture them well, you know, on camera. Um, and so anything from learning, you know, how to shoot to how to write to creating graphics, all of those teachers helped me to kind of pull those things together to package them into what you're seeing as Rhythm and Views Productions. So talk to me a little bit more about Rhythm and Views Production. Uh, what all are you all involved in currently? And what is yeah. your vision for the future for, with the company? Yeah, so um, we actually would like to get into film. Um, we've done a lot of TV projects, but we definitely want to get into that film space. Um, but anything we, we, we pride ourselves on helping the smaller business, um, the smaller organizations to be able to get their story out there in whatever format that may be, whether for social media, whether for um, corporate videos and things like that. Um, one of my biggest clients is Delta Sigma Theta uh, Sorority Incorporated. And so I've been able to work with their national president um, to do a whole lot of videos that have gone out, especially during the pandemic. Um, when really we kind of had to rely on that medium communicate stuff to our membership. Um, and so I want to do more of that. I want to help, you know, more churches, more small businesses um, that don't really know how to get the exposure that they're looking for through the, the medium of video. Right. Now, uh, you're not the only person in your uh, family who has attended an HBCU. Uh, is that accurate? So talk to me about uh, the history of HBCUs within your, your family and who all have attended. Sure. So my parents actually um, started courting and uh, started dating at University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. Um, dad is a Q, mom's a Delta, so it was a perfect fit. Um, and then I have two older brothers. Both of them are Morehouse men, uh, class of 89 and 91. Um Ivan, class of 91, he actually ended up being his class president. Um, and so I kind of took that cue when it was my turn. And I was like, hey, I want to do that, too. And so I was able to do that at Johnson C. Smith um, University, much thanks to his encouragement. S small world. I just sponsored um, an athletic fundraiser for UAPB uh, okay. just a couple weeks ago, actually. Uh, and that's a school that we have uh, supported uh, for some time now. So very small world. So talk to me about the importance of HBCUs uh, to you, as well as to your, your family uh, legacy? Yeah, so growing up, I always knew I was gonna go to an HBCU. Um, I had, you know, outside of the family, um, my church family, everybody went to an HBCU. And so that was kind of the goal that I strive for. Um, the experience is is bar none. I think that every person of color should experience that um, that type of village, right? Because that's what um, a lot of us walk into. We get on campus and immediately we know that that's our family. That is our, our home away from home. Um, and so, yeah, I think, 
you know, Johnson C. Smith, HBCUs, whether you're talking Howard, Hampton, FAMU, uh, UAPB, all of them, I think, help for African-Americans to know and become more comfortable in who they are in a world where we're often told no. We're often told that we're not good enough. We're often told that we'll never achieve whatever our goals are. But when you get on a campus of an HBCU, that completely turns around and you realize you really can, you know, achieve whatever goals and dreams are that you have in front of yourself. Uh, in your professional life, have you uh, faced any challenges or obstacles uh, because you attended an HBCU versus a PWI? How, do you recall any no, instances? I, I actually think it has worked to my advantage. Um, and being an African-American female, I think, has worked to my advantage um, because I'm finding that more uh, production companies that are represented or led by people of color are seeking us out more. You know, you have like a Ava DuVernay who's got um, the array. Um, I don't know what it's called. It's like a Ray Cruz, I think is what it's called. Mm -hmm. And so you've got, you know, companies like that that are really trying to reach out to us to say, hey, all right, cool. You went to a HBCU. You understand the culture. You understand our story. Can you help us with X, Y, and Z? And so I think going to a HBCU has definitely um, worked to my advantage. Um, I would I wouldn't probably not be a Delta if I hadn't gone um, to JCSU. And so the networking and the exposure that I've gotten just from those connections. So if you were talking to some young person and you were trying to encourage them to further their education, uh, what are some of the reasons you would encourage them to attend your HBCU? Man, Johnson C. Smith, um, which is pictured behind me here, it's it's a family organ family school. Um, anything that you want to study there, they pretty much have a program for it from IT um, to communications. Our athletic department is stellar. The music department is stellar. We've got a um, we actually just renovated our school of communications a couple of years ago. And so they're always being innovative. Um, there's nothing at Johnson C. Smith where you feel like you're left behind or you're not getting the best of the best, even though it's a small campus. Um, there's no other place that I would send a kid um, just based on my experience. I mean, the people are loving. The campus is beautiful, well-maintained. The dorms are well-maintained. What more could you ask for? So you, I know your dad is a, uh, a pastor. You mentioned he um, was all... It's also a member of Omega Psi Phi fraternity. Uh, what influence did he have on you growing up that um, helped shape you to who you are today? Wow, that's that's a loaded question, believe it or not. <laughs> um, but yes, my dad is a pastor, Dr. H. Peter Hicks Jr. Um, he was a pastor of Metropolitan Baptist Church in Washington, D.C., which was actually one of the first mega churches um, in the DMV area. I think just seeing his... Um, his passion and his zeal for being a blessing to others through his work resonated with me wholeheartedly. Um, and so while I'm doing something very different, um, that's kind of the passion and the zeal that I have behind my work. It's always, um, how can I be a blessing to this organization or to this person that I'm working with? Um, how is what I'm doing going to positively impact the world as opposed to just giving them some fluff and kicks and giggles? Mm -hmm. um, 
And so, you know, making sure that what you're doing is of value and impacting lives is definitely something that he's instilled. And so obviously with that background from your father and you being a member of uh, Delta Sigma Theta uh, sorority, community service and giving back to the community uh, is kind of instilled in you. So uh, from your perspective, why is it important uh, to serve your community and to give back to your community? Because the community matters. Um, A lot of times I think there are different entities where they, or, or different people, like take for example, homeless folks, right? They don't feel that they are worth anything, but they matter, right? And so whatever you're able to do to ensure that someone realizes that they matter, that's going to be enough to encourage them to get through the next day. And if you do that, if you can just get someone to the next day, then I think you're doing all right. Now Um, you, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, 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 community service. I mean, it's super important, you're right. Um, It's something that um, all of the frats and sororities encourage you to do. You do it in church. Um, it's just a part of who I am. Yeah. And I know you have uh, a, 20, a 20th class reunion coming up and you're the president of the uh, the class reunion. And so talk to me about that and, and what that means to you. Yeah. So the JCSU class of 2003 in a couple of weeks, we're gearing up for homecoming um, and we'll be celebrating our 20th reunion. Um, And so everybody's really excited. We're doing a sneaker ball. We're doing a day party. Um, We're tailgating, you know, before the game. Um, There's a step show. Um, And so there, I mean, and there's so many other activities. Johnson C. Smith's homecoming really starts the Saturday before homecoming weekend. Um, And so all week long, there's activities, career panels, um, community service opportunities um, in the, in the Queen City there. So, I mean, it's a week packed of opportunities to be of service and to celebrate um, all the love and the experience that we've had on the campus of Johnson C. Smith University. So from your college days, what are some of the most memorable moments of homecoming that you can recall? Oh, well, of course, the step shows. Right. Um, who doesn't love a good step show? Um I think just hanging out on the plots, you know, getting to laugh and kick back with your friends that you haven't seen um, in a long time, um, reminiscing, you know, all of the all of those kind of things, the food, uh, the the IIOS, which is our band. I mean, they are they're giving it to us. I mean, a lot of times we go to the don't tell the football team we go to the game <laughs> <laughs> so that we can enjoy the band and then we leave. Right. But, you know, right. Um, our homecoming is amazing. I mean, by the time the end of the day is there, you're like, what happened to the rest of the day? Because it goes by so quickly because you really enjoy yourself um, to the max there. Now, you know, a lot of people who have not either attended or been in the HBCU environment, they don't realize that comment you made about the band, how important the band is uh, to the fabric of the HBCU experience. Just kind of speak to to that to that briefly for me. Let me tell you, there's nothing like waking up to the band, going to sleep to the band, hearing the band in the middle of the day. There's a very unique sound um, that comes with that. And and there's a prideful sound in that, that people, um, I think, resonate with people when they're on campus. And so um, they keep the rhythm of the campus for us, right? Um, and so having, having a big band, I mean, our band 
when I was on campus, I think there was like 200 students in it. I mean, it right. was really big. Um, the class of 2003 was one of the biggest, largest classes to um, matriculate on that campus in, 20, in uh, 1999. And we were the largest class to graduate um, in 2003. And so of that, probably half of our class was in the band. Um, and so we would go out and just watch them rehearse. Like it didn't even have to be a game day. And we would go out and again, it's it's the fellowship. It's the getting to know, you know, your classmates and other schoolmates there. Um, professors would come out, you know, and hang out. And so it was just a whole thing um, experiencing the band. We got to go with them to Battle of the Bands, which was down in Atlanta. Um, and that was like right after the whole um, drumline, you know, the movie Drumline mm, came right. out. Battle of the Bands was really, really big then. Um, and JPSU was a part of that. Um, equally so for CIAA, our band is represented there at the CIAA, and people really look forward to hearing them. Wow, that's great. So, Kristen, as we uh, wind down the show, I want to, want to, number one, thank you for taking time out your schedule to be on the program with me today. I really appreciate you sharing your experience. But also, I want to recognize you for all of the great work that you're doing. We know you're truly uh, a rising star in the business world and community. And so for that, I want to present you with our HBCU Rising Star Award for your continued oh, service you. and commitment to historically black colleges and universities, and you'll be getting this in the mail. So we really appreciate you, Kristen. And so thank to my you. viewers, oh, you're very welcome. And to my viewers, I want to thank you for watching this episode of HBCU. I'm your host, D. Brown CEO, and remember, without you, there's no me. <laughs> <laughs>